Well, today we're going to conclude our message series, which we've called Foundations of Faith. And the most important foundation of faith is obviously to believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That's how you're saved. That's how you enter into a growing relationship with God. That's the base foundation that our lives are centered upon. But there are two other important steps of obedience that every believer needs to take. In fact, that every believer is commanded to take by the Word of God. And those steps are necessary for us as believers to be effective in carrying out God's plan and purpose for our lives. And so today we're going to talk about one of those faith steps. And so today we're going to talk about the importance of baptism. Uh, baptism is not a side issue. Sometimes people say, well, it's just a side issue. And, and uh, some people think this, some people think that. It's really not that important. But it's an important part of the gospel. And because this, part, this topic is so important, Satan has attacked it. And he's caused much confusion in the church overall regarding baptism. And so we're going to clear up the confusion today. And how are we going to do that? By looking at God's Word and seeing what the Bible has to say about this important topic. Now probably many of you have had teaching in the past that uh, you're going to find out today is unbiblical. Uh, that teaching was based on tradition, the way things have been done perhaps for hundreds or even thousands of years. But as believers, we're not to follow tradition, we're to follow the clear teaching of God's Word. And so let's look at uh, this a key verse in the New Testament regarding the first three faith steps in a believer's life. And I'd encourage you to take out the white page in the middle of your bulletin. It has the outline written out there along with the verses. And you can take some notes as well. So on the day of Pentecost, a little background to the first verse we're going to look at. On the day of Pentecost, Peter was preaching to a large crowd of people consisting of thousands of people. And as Peter preached, and he talked about Jesus, he talked about how Jesus uh, lived this life, did miracles among them. These were people that had seen Jesus. He talked about how Jesus was crucified on the cross and how he rose from the dead three days later. And as he preached, the people were convicted of their sin and not recognizing who Jesus was, the one who'd walked among them, who had healed their sick, who taught them, but they didn't realize who he was and they had called for his death, for his crucifixion. And they were convicted in their hearts of their sin and they, they didn't know what to do. And so let's read what happened next in Acts 2, chapter 37. It says, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so we see three things in these verses. The first and most important step is to repent of your sins and put your faith in Jesus Christ. And he talked about that before, and here he talks about repenting is the first the most important thing they must do. The second step that we're going to talk about today is to be water baptized. Repent and be baptized. That was Peter's exhortation. That was God's command to the crowd that was gathered there on that day. And the third step, which we're going to talk about in a future message, is to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So what was the people's response to Peter's exhortation? Well, verse 41. So those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. 
And so those who accepted Peter's message, which was to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, those who believed then were baptized. They were baptized in water and added to the church. So let's ask an important question here. Who was baptized? It's a simple question, but it's a question we need to be clear on the answer. Who was baptized? And the answer is those who believed. Those who believed. And as we look through the accounts of water baptism all the way through the book of Acts, and there's numerous accounts, it's always believers who are baptized, and they were baptized after they believed, or soon after they believed. And so, despite many denominations practicing infant baptism, there's zero biblical support for that practice. An infant cannot make a decision to believe in Jesus Christ. There are no examples of infant baptism in Scripture. There are no exhortations to baptize infants. It's always believers who are baptized. And it's an important issue because non-biblical teaching on baptism leads to many problems. We're not going to go into all those today, but millions of people think that they are saved and going to heaven because their parents had them baptized as infants. Millions and multiplied millions of people, and they're sadly mistaken because your salvation is not dependent on what your parents did for you when you were an infant. Your salvation is dependent on your response to Jesus Christ. Have you believed in him or not? Salvation is by faith alone. So let's watch a video about the importance of water baptism. All right, now we're going to ask and answer in the message this morning two important questions about baptism from the Bible. The first question is, why be baptized? So from what we said so far, we're not saved by being baptized. Baptism doesn't save anyone. So what is so important about water baptism? Why should we be baptized if our salvation does not depend on baptism? Our baptism follows our salvation. Why be baptized? Well, the first reason is because Jesus commanded it. Matthew 28, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. And so these verses comprise the Great Commission. We talk about it a lot. It's very important. Uh, this words that Jesus spoke before he, right before he ascended into heaven were an important instruction, important commands to the disciples and to believers of every age. There are basically three commands in the Great Commission. First is to go and make disciples. And that involves leading people to believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Go and make disciples. Secondly, these disciples are what? They are to be water baptized. And Jesus commands it here. And thirdly, they're to be taught to obey everything that Jesus commanded in his other teachings. And so Jesus commands here every believer to be baptized in water. And so what must we do as believers if Jesus is our Lord and he commands us to do something? What should our response be? We should follow his instruction. It's very clear here. Uh, and we must obey them. And so, quite frankly, we could stop right here. Uh, this would be reason enough to be baptized uh, because Jesus Christ commanded it. But let's look at a couple of other reasons why be baptized. 
Next reason is to follow Jesus' example. Mark 1.9 is recorded in each of the Gospels. We'll look at Mark 1.9. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Did Jesus need to be saved and baptized? No, he never sinned. He lived a perfect life. He'd done nothing wrong. He was the very son of God. And in fact, John the Baptist recognized that. He said, I can't baptize you, Lord. I'm the one. You need to baptize me. I don't I can't baptize you. You don't need to be baptized. You have nothing to repent of. You've never sinned. And Jesus said, no, it's God's plan that you, John, baptize me. Why did Jesus make the decision to be baptized? He did it, I believe, to set an example for us to follow. What it means to be a Christian is to be a follower of Jesus Christ, to to follow him in the things he did, to follow him in the things he commanded us to do. And so we seek to learn how Jesus lived. We seek to pattern our lives after his. Uh, Jesus allowed himself to be baptized or actually instructed John to baptize him. And he did it as an example for us to follow. The final answer to the question, why be baptized, is to show your faith in Jesus Christ. There are numerous accounts in the, in the book of Acts of people being baptized. Uh, one of them is found in Acts chapter 10, verse 47. This is an account from the, uh, when the household of Cornelius was saved after Peter preached the gospel to them. Verse 47 says, Can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Without getting into the whole account, the reason there was any question here is because these were Gentiles. And some of the Jews, like, I don't know about the Gentiles. But they said, look, uh, these people are saved just like we. They need to be baptized. Uh, on the day of Pentecost, it was mainly Jews. And here it was Gentiles who were saved and baptized. They believed in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And the next step was to be water baptized. And uh, they also at that time were baptized in the Holy Spirit, received the, the Holy Spirit, uh, just as happened on the day of Pentecost. And we'll talk about that in another message. Now, when a person is saved, is there any outward sign that the person is saved? And the answer is there may not be. When you're saved, you are making a decision of your will, of your heart, of your mind to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And you can do that in your mind. You can do that in your head. Nobody, you can cross that barrier from death to life and nobody looking at you can know that your eternal destiny has changed. Now, when you become a believer, your lifestyle should change or it should be things that change afterwards. But right at the time, it may not be immediately noticeable. And water baptism was designed by God Another of the purposes is to be a public witness of what has happened in your life, what has happened in your heart. You are demonstrating publicly to other people that you are now a follower of Jesus Christ. You are proclaiming it to the world. And of course, in many countries, particularly Islamic countries, you can be a secret Christian and keep it quiet. But if you are baptized, then your life becomes marked because... You've made a public declaration, and uh, you are, are guilty of a capital crime. And so water baptism is designed by God 
to be a public witness of our faith in Jesus Christ. It's a great opportunity to invite friends, to invite relatives to witness of what is going on as you follow Jesus' command to be baptized. So let's review. Jesus' command is for every believer to be baptized. Water baptism doesn't save you. Baptism of any kind doesn't save you. It shows you're saved because you're following Jesus' command. How are we saved? We're saved by putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Now, what if you were baptized as an infant? And many people have been. Now, did you have anything to do with that? Could you say yes or no? No, it was a decision of your parents. And uh, they were doing what they thought was right. Uh, in the best of senses, they were dedicating you to, to God. Uh, but in a biblical sense, it's not a true baptism at all. There are no examples, no instructions on infant baptism at all. And so if you're a believer here today, and you haven't been baptized since you became a believer, then you need to be water baptized in order to follow Jesus' command. Even if you were sprinkled as an infant or whatever mode was used, you have since become a believer, then you need to be water baptized to follow Jesus' command. What are the requirements to be baptized? Well, simply that you've repented of your sins, you have believed in Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you've committed your life to following Him as your Lord. You're a believer. That is the only requirement to be water baptized. You don't have to wait. Some people say, I don't know enough. I need to understand. No, you don't have to wait for anything. You see, in the Bible, they believed, and oftentimes it was the same day they were baptized. Now, because of different constraints in our society, we may not be able to baptize you the same day, but you need to be baptized as soon as possible uh, at the first opportunity that's available. And so you don't need to wait till you understand more about the Bible. You need, don't need to wait till you read the Bible through or go to church for a while. Baptism is for believers. Is water baptism simply a ritual? Is it just uh, something in which you get wet. No, it's much more than that. Uh, when you obey Jesus Christ and any of his commands, but particularly these important commands at the beginning of a believer's new life in Christ, there's a blessing. God blesses us when we obey his commands. And baptism has been an important step in many people's lives, a step forward in their walking with God as they follow Jesus' command and his blessing comes upon their life in a special way. And we're going to be giving you an opportunity to make a decision to be baptized in a few minutes, but I want you to be thinking about it. If you've never been baptized since you've believed, it's something that God wants you to do. So why be baptized? First of all, because Jesus commanded it. Secondly, because we're following Jesus' example. And thirdly, because we're publicly demonstrating our faith to other people. Now, what is the meaning of baptism? It's a second question we're looking at today. Why did Jesus command believers to be baptized? What, what does it mean? Well, first of all, baptism illustrates Jesus' death and resurrection. Romans 6 verse 4 says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And so history records that Jesus was uh, crucified. He died on the cross. He was buried. 
Three days later, he rose from the dead. And so baptism, in biblical sense, is to be by immersion. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But it's a picture of Jesus' death and resurrection from the dead. In baptism by immersion, if you've never seen one happen, the person is laid back horizontally underneath the water. It represents, it illustrates Jesus' death being laid in the tomb. And then quickly, they're raised back. <laughs> we don't keep them down too long. Okay, the, it's, it's not scary. They're raised back to a vertical position. And that illustrates Jesus' resurrection from the dead. Answers, he is alive forever and ever. So, baptism is a picture of Jesus' death and resurrection. Baptism all, also illustrates our own salvation. Colossians 2 verse 12 says, Having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. And so not only does baptism represent Jesus' death and resurrection, it also illustrates our own salvation. We participate or participated in Jesus' death and resurrection. We identify with him. And so water baptism is a picture of the believer dying to their old way of life, dying to their sinful way of life. And that is, of course, illustrated as the believer goes underneath the water. And when they're raised back up out of the water, it represents their new life with God. The Bible says that a new believer is a new creation. It's a new life. Their old way of life is gone. A new way of life has come. The new life is a life no longer under the power of sin. It's a life lived to the glory of God. And so in baptism, we identify with Jesus in his death and resurrection. We make a commitment to living no longer in sin, but living righteously as God empowers us. And so to be baptized and then continue living in sin, it, it really makes no sense. It's not something that should happen with a believer. And so baptism illustrates our own salvation. Biblical baptism is by immersion. <clears throat> Look at another account from the book of Acts. It says, He gave orders to the chariot, then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Now these verses are from the account of an Ethiopian eunuch who was saved, and then he was water baptized. And of course, when we interpret Scripture, we look at elements that are repeated uh, as, as uh, things that are instructive for us, that are binding upon us. And so... In this account, we don't expect to be suddenly taken away and transported to another place after you're baptized. Okay? Just want to make that clear. That's only spoken of at one time, so we don't take that as a standard. It could happen, okay? I'm not saying it couldn't happen. I've never seen it happen. I don't expect it to happen. It's possible. But what is clear here is that uh, the mode of baptism is uh, immersion. It's testified here. They went into the water. They came up out of the water. And uh, it's, it's mentioned here in Scripture. 
uh, mentioned other places, is testified by the church, is complete immersion. The Greek word for baptize is baptizo. And what does it mean? It doesn't mean sprinkle. It doesn't mean pour. It means to immerse or to dip under the water. It's the basic meaning of the word. And obviously, baptism by immersion gives a visual picture of the meaning of baptism. We've talked about the meaning of baptism. It's the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the death of the believer of their old way of life, the resurrection to a new way of life. And, you know, sprinkling or pouring just doesn't show that picture. And so baptism by immersion gives a visual picture of the meaning of baptism. Where did the other modes of baptism come from? Well, we don't want to spend a lot of time on that, but not from Scripture. Obviously, in several hundred years after uh, the apostles died and, and things began to happen in the church to kind of drift away from biblical authority, infant baptism began to be practiced. And there are reasons for that that we won't get into. It's not biblical. But uh, do you think it makes much sense to immerse an infant? No. So obviously that went, you know, that went away. People had sense. We're not going to do immersion with infant baptism. So that's where sprinkling and pouring a little water on their heads came in. That's when that was invented. So biblical baptism is by immersion. And so the meaning of biblical baptism is all, is all about Jesus. It's all about who he was, what he did. It's all about the new life of the new believer. Sometimes people have been believers for many years and yet have never been water baptized. Uh, they may have gone to churches where it's never talked about. Uh, we've known people that have been baptized in this church that have been believers for many, many years and just never, it never dawned on them that they needed to be baptized. They often don't realize the importance of baptism. There are other people that we've baptized that for many years thought because they'd been baptized in an infant that, that they were baptized and they didn't need to be baptized again. But as we talked about today, when you're a believer, you need to be baptized after you've believed. That infant baptism, um, really in God's eyes, is not a baptism at all. It was just simply a dedication of you by your parents to God in the best of senses. In order to follow Jesus' command, you need to be baptized. Baptism is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. It's not something like, uh, you know, you get baptized once and then you feel like you've sinned or something, you need to be baptized again. It's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. It's, uh, it's an experience that you can look back on for the rest of your life and say, that's when I made a public declaration before people and baptism is, is always a, a public thing. Uh, you're giving a public witness before people. Now, in countries where there's a lot of persecution and where it may not be the best of things that everybody knows you're going to be baptized, they may do it in secret. In China, baptisms are often in secret. In, in uh, Islamic countries, they're often in secret. But there's always a group of believers a group of people that come to witness the baptism as a witness to what has happened in the new believer's life. And so baptism marks a new chapter in your life with Jesus Christ. It should represent a complete break from any bondage to sin in your life. God wants you to move forward uh, after your baptism to live out the freedom that he's given you in Christ 
to serve God with your life. And so if you've never been baptized since you became a believer, I'd encourage you to sign up on the back of your Connect card. Just check the box there. There's a, let me just make sure where it is. Yes, there's a decision, my decision today on the back of your Connect card to be water baptized. We encourage you to, to check that box. And if you check that box, we'll put you on the list to be baptized at our next public water baptism. Uh, our water baptisms, we're not equipped to do that in this facility. They take place at West County Assembly of God, just a short distance from here on I-40 in Maryville on Sunday afternoons. And so uh, when we have a group of people who desire to be baptized, to follow Jesus' command to be baptized, we schedule uh, a baptism and with them, and then we let you know. And we'll give you further instructions. Who should be baptized? Well, every believer. If you're an adult, you should be baptized. If you're a youth age person, you should be baptized. If you're a child who understands your decision to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you should be baptized as well. And a parent, we can talk. If you have questions about your children, you can talk to us and see. We, we don't want the baptism to be a decision by the parents. If the child is too young, it may become a decision by the parents. We want it to be a decision of the person. And so that's a determination. Is your child ready to make a decision by themselves uh, to be saved and water baptized? They can look back on it and say, I decided to follow Jesus' command. Not my parents told me to do it. Uh, we want it to be their decision so we can make that determination. I was saved at the age of four. I know that's pretty young. I still remember it. I've testified of it. I was baptized at the age of nine. And so uh, children can be saved and baptized at early ages. So baptism is important. It has a very special, special meaning. And so today we've talked about the importance of baptism. Why be baptized? First and foremost, because Jesus commanded it. Uh, there's no higher authority than that. If you believed, you need to be baptized. Secondly, we follow Jesus' example and we publicly demonstrate our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. What's the meaning of baptism? Well, it illustrates Jesus' death and resurrection. It illustrates a believer dying to their old way of life and being raised to a new life in Christ and following him as their Lord and Savior. Now, at the bottom of your outline, on the white page, we have an action plan for the week. As we're going through this series, we're encouraging you to grow in your walk with God. The first action we want to encourage you to do is have a daily quiet time in which you read your Bible, you pray, and you write down what you believe God is saying to you to do. And if you don't have currently a reading plan in the Bible, I encourage you to read John chapter 17 through 21 this week, a chapter a day, as a start to reading your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we have uh, New Testament's over there on the table on our left. The New Living Translation, easy to understand translation. You can pick one up. So if you want to do that, check that box. That's not to turn into me. That's between you and God. And uh, we encourage you to read and spend a quiet time with God at least 15 minutes a day. I encourage adults, I encourage youth, I encourage children that can read. Uh, to spend time with God each and every day. We do that with our children. We encourage you to do it with yours as well. 
Secondly, I strongly encourage you, if you've never been baptized since you believed, to check the box on there uh, to sign up to be baptized. And we will let you know you're on the list. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me. I've had discussions with people who wanted to talk more about what impact infant baptism had or kind of struggling with I've already been baptized and what will my family think and stuff like that. We'll talk, talk that through. We'll look at what the Bible has to say. So if you have any questions, feel free to talk to me about it. Thirdly, we encourage you to be praying for people to come to our Easter service. Easter is early this year. It's on March 27th, which is just the Sunday after next. So be thinking and praying about who you can invite to our Easter service because they're going to hear the good news about what? What's Easter all about? Bunnies and Easter eggs? Oh, it's about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So that's what we're going to talk about. And uh, it's going to be an encouraging, wonderful Sunday. So this morning, if you're not sure you're a believer, if perhaps you've felt like you've wandered away from God and you want to recommit your life, I'd like to give you an opportunity to become a believer in Jesus Christ. You see, there's three steps. Baptism is not one of them. First step is to admit that you've sinned, to repent of your sin. Second step is to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And a third step is to commit your life to following him as your Lord. So let's bow our heads right now. We're going to pray a prayer. I encourage you to pray along with me if you'd like to make that commitment or recommitment of your life. Say something like this in your own mind and heart. Father, today, I admit that I've sinned. I admit that I've been living life my way and not your way. Please forgive me. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, took the punishment for our, my sins, that I might be forgiven. Come into my life. I commit myself to following you as my Lord all the days of my life. Thank you, God, for making me a believer, for making me a new creation in you. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray as well. Father, we thank you for this teaching in your word concerning baptism. We thank you for your commands because your commands are good. Your commands are for our good. Forgive any here who've ignored your command to be baptized in the past for whatever reason. We pray, God, that you'd help each one here who has not been baptized, each believer who has not been baptized, to make the decision to be baptized. And looking ahead, God, we want to see many more people saved and baptized this year at Life Church. We pray that you'd help each of us to continue to work with you to fulfill the plus one challenge, that we care enough about other people, that we go out of our way to talk to them, uh, to talk to them about you, to pray for them, to invite them to church as well. God, help us, each one of us, to meet the challenge of working with you to add one new person to your church family here in this year. We thank you, God, for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you, God, for what you're teaching us. We thank you, God, that you're teaching us so that we can help teach others, that each of us can help to disciple others and help them grow in their walk with God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.